0: We want to welcome everyone to Sycamore View today. Whether you are a Sycamore View uh, member, a part of this family, if you're a friend, if you're a friend of a friend who's just tuning in to a worship experience today, we're glad you're here. The mission of our church is to help people see Jesus, and that is something we believe in, that we stand on, that we press into no matter what circumstances we face in life. So many things in our culture right now have been canceled. The gospel isn't canceled, worship isn't canceled, church isn't canceled. We just moved location. So we meet today as as one church in a lot of different locations, and this may be what it looks like for at least a couple of weeks, and we make it as a church, and we're going to do our very best to communicate with you as we assess and as we monitor what's going on in our world and in our culture, so uh, we we make that commitment to you. Here's how this morning is going to look. Uh, we're gonna Kip and the praise team are gonna lead us in a few songs, and we invite you just if you're in your living room, your bedroom, if you're in the kitchen, if you're on a treadmill, wherever you may be this morning, tuning in. We invite you to sing along with us, and you may choose just to sit there and just let these songs wash over you. Uh, that's all right. We're gonna have a couple of focused prayer times today, and I, and I, I really look forward to trying to leverage what this could look like. So there're gonna be a couple of moments when we're gonna actually give you an opportunity right there where you are, whoever you're with. You may be by yourself, you may be with family. I'm I know there are some life groups who are together uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to just pray. We're also going to have a time here in just a little while when Randy Frederick's going to lead us in communion. So some of you have already prepared the bread and the cup. If not, then you may take a moment uh, to go do that. If you don't have the bread and the cup with you, that's okay. Randy's going to lead us in a time of reflection. We are going to try something today. So from 11:30 to 1:30, our elders are going to be available in our front lobby. For you just a drive through and they're going to be there to offer up prayers for you. If you want to come and take the bread and the cup, you don't even get out of your car or elders will meet you where you are, and this isn't because we think that, like, you have to have the bread and the cup every Sunday, or you're going to hell, or this is a sin against God, but if this is something that connects you to God, we want to offer that to you. I scrapped a sermon I wrote on Thursday and just rewrote a piece. I'm going to do just a little teaching and inspiration. And part of that, I also want to spend time, I want to give you seven things here in just a little while, ways I want to equip you of uh, ways we're going to stay connected to each other how we're going to stay connected to God in, in the days to come. So there are seven things I want to give you to equip you. We're going to have some announcements later. There's a, a really big announcement. I, I'm really excited about this. God has answered a prayer for us, and we also have a 901 highlight. So we, we do have an experience for you here in just a little while. And as we jump into songs, I just want to remind you of a few things this morning. No matter where you are, we press into a God today. We worship a God who has created in the past, liberated in the past, and has dispensed steadfast love in the past. And our God is still creating, liberating, and dispensing love now. We want to embrace this season as an opportunity for the church to be the church. We want to declare today that we are pressing into the fact that Jesus is victorious. And, and we don't know what that's going to look like for us, but we, we declare and we worship that Jesus is, he is victorious. God has taught us not to hold back and not to shrink back, and God has also taught us to be wise and to be, be responsible, to be bold and courageous, and we're committed to walking this journey with God for each other. we present to a God today, and we worship a God who has conquered storms before, and God can conquer storms now. And lastly, God had a chance when he was with Moses in the book of Exodus, to God gave God a name and the name God gave himself was I am who I am and at no point in history has God ever become that I used to be or I used to like back then I, that's what I was or one day again maybe I'll be I'll be something again like in the future God is and will always be the great I am so this is the God we worship today so thank you for joining us
1: Everyone needs compassion, love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. And everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior, the hope of nations. splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. trembles at him. the lion and the lamb, the lion and the lamb.
0: so thankful that many of you are joining us right now, even while we were singing a few songs, to get a few messages from you, how much you appreciate just having some offering a way for us to stay connected. I want to invite you where you are, whether you're alone in a home or in a car, if you're in a car, keep your eyes open during this prayer time. If you're there with a group, I'm, we're going to ask you just to, to enter into a time of prayer. A lot of times when we pray in this church, I invite you to open your hands where you are, and now you're in a place where nobody has to see you, so if you want to open your hands, if you want to get on your knees, I just want to lead you in a short prayer time, and Fawn's going to join me toward the end of this to pray over us and for us. So wherever you are, can we just uh, get into whatever posture we want to be in as we pray? And I want to invite you right there in, in your house. You can pray out loud right now. I'm going to give you space for that. So for the next few moments, will you just offer up a prayer of gratitude? If you're in a group, maybe one person chooses to pray, just offer up a prayer of gratitude. Jesus taught us to pray that when we begin praying, we honor who God is. Hallowed be his name. Holy is his name. So take a minute and just offer up gratitude for God's character and God's nature. just a few more moments and now let's transition our prayers and let's offer up to God just whatever the cry of our heart is right now what is it we are asking God for and let's go before God with boldness and courage and faith right now in this moment
2: in you right now some people are feeling anxious and we don't want to get lost in that anxiety we want to get lost in you because you're bigger than all of that some people are really excited that they're going to stay home for a while I want to take that excitement father and I want to I want to give it to you I want the joy that comes with um, these simple uh, moments in spending time with family or a break away from the everyday that that joy goes to you we love you Father for everyone that is um, worshiping you right now I rejoice I hope you feel the, the collective love that we have for you I know that I believe that this virus is not something of you, um, that COVID-19 is not necessarily a punishment on people because you are a loving father. And so I just wanna agree with you that um, this disease needs to stop in the name of Jesus, Jesus that it's not welcome in any of our bodies in the name of Jesus. That you created father you created our body bodies to have strong immune systems and to work well and so we ask for that to be happening and we want to agree with it in the name of jesus we're sorry that um we've partnered with fear some of us have and we just want to say we're sorry Um, This is a time for a lot of us to look back on different ways that we've departed from you and your love. So, we just want this to be a reminder to step back into your love, to step back into relationship with you, Father. And so, I want to apologize for myself personally, and maybe this will apply for other people, but I've sinned. I'm thankful that uh, the sacrifice of Jesus covers my sins but I have made mistakes. I have not loved my brothers and sisters within the last 24 hours. I've gotten mad at people for taking toilet paper. And I want to say I'm sorry. Father, I ask for a revolution to happen in our hearts, for Christians to rise up in your name, to love really, really well for our neighbors, are feeling alone or isolated to see that they're that they have a loving neighbor 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 who is willing to do whatever they can to help them I want the city of Memphis to rise up in the name of Jesus for people who have been wondering and don't know um, who their creator is for them to see you for the first time and fall madly in love with you so father whatever is happening, we want to give it over to you. We know that in the worst of times, your name can be glorified, and so we want to do that. Show us how. Open our eyes. Make us aware of where we can go in your name, and I pray again that you feel loved through all of this, and that anyone worshiping you right now is feeling the warmth of your love holy spirit work through us yes in the name of jesus
0: amen amen i want to invite you where you are open up your bibles in matthew chapter 5 i want to walk us through this morning i want to walk us through matthew 5 through 10 so five chapters we're going to do this fairly quickly Matthew chapter 5. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your phones, go ahead and open them up to it. The way way Matthew 5 begins is it begins with the Sermon on the Mount. So Matthew 5 through 7 is the greatest sermon ever told. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. You can go home and read it later. So I hope to walk you through three movements from Matthew chapter 5 through 10 that can be a blessing to you. So whenever this worship service is over, whoever you're with, you'll be able to sit down and have a conversation about the three movements I work you through. Chapter 5 through 7 is a Sermon on the Mount. It's the greatest sermon ever told. Jesus does teaching. Jesus is the great teacher in Matthew 5 through 7. This is the first sermon Jesus preaches in the Gospel of Matthew. And here's what's so interesting, and sometimes we forget this. The crowd who hears Jesus preach, you actually have to go back to the end of chapter 4. So at the end of chapter 4, what it says is this. News about Jesus spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and Jesus healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, the region across the Jordan, they followed him. And now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside, and he sat down, and his disciples came to him. If you look on how at the Sermon on the Mount, how it ends at the very end of chapter 7. So after Jesus is taught for three chapters, it ends with, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed. Not just the disciples, the crowds. So the crowd, you have the disciples who come close to Jesus in Matthew 5 through 7 when he's teaching. So the crowds are really close, or the disciples are really close, but apparently the crowd heard it and they're amazed. And the crowd is made up of people who had been social misfits. Who probably hadn't been allowed in synagogues because of how unclean they were. So the people hearing Jesus' Sermon on the Mount are people who had been sick and ill and demon-possessed, and their life had been radically changed by Jesus. So so Jesus begins the Sermon on the Mount with one word: blessed. It's the first word God spoke over human beings when he created them in Genesis chapter one. Blessed. These people who had been healed and touched by Jesus had probably never heard the word blessed spoken over them before. So out of their circumstances, Jesus reminds them of their identity. No matter what storm you're in, whatever cloud is hovering over you, bless. And now the challenge for us is to live from that blessing and not for that blessing. Jesus speaks identity. Now here's what Jesus does. In chapter 5 through 7, Jesus is the great teacher. And then chapter 8 and 9, Jesus demonstrates the things he just taught In chapter five through seven. So, if you're taking notes, you want some conversation pieces here in just a little while, here's how it goes Jesus is the great teacher, and now Jesus is gonna demonstrate everything he just taught. So, here's how chapter eight and nine go. The very first story in chapter eight is a guy who has leprosy, which was a physical disease, it was also a social disease. It kept you from all relationships. And this guy with leprosy comes into the presence of Jesus, and Jesus reaches out his hand and touches him, and the man is healed. Jesus has the power to heal and transform people with the touch of his hand. The very next door, you have a centurion, a guy with a lot of authority. And this guy comes to Jesus, and the guy says, I have a servant who's been paralyzed, a servant who has suffered something great. He's he's hurting. Can you make him well? And Jesus says, Sure, I'm gonna come to your house and I'm gonna heal the guy. And the guy's response is, Jesus, you're too great. You're too good. You're too awesome. I, I don't deserve to have you in my house. Can you just say the word? Jesus spoke the word and everything was set right in the man's body so chapter eight right after this great sermon jesus demonstrates he has a touch that can heal he has a word that can heal the next story after that is simon peter apparently simon peter has a mother-in-law who he allows or lets live in his house so peter's married he has a mother-in-law there the mother-in-law sick with fever jesus reaches out his hand touches her she's healed then you have people who were sick, and you have people who have demons who come to the house, and Jesus begins healing all of them. Then chapter 8 ends with Jesus in a boat, and then he's out in, in the middle of a storm, and it says Jesus was sleeping in the storm. Right now, but there are some people who feel like Jesus is sleeping in the midst of a storm. Jesus wakes up, speaks a word, the storm stops. So in chapter 8 alone, Jesus demonstrates he has a touch that can heal that has power he has a word that can heal and have power he has power over nature power over storms power over circumstances and then chapter 9 begins with jesus getting out of a boat and you have two men and the way matthew tells it two men who are demon possessed jesus speaks a word demons leave evil flees then you have a paralyzed man who's brought to jesus jesus speaks a word the guy is healed he can stand he can walk again Then you have a moment where Jesus is walking, and he's on his way because he was just told that there's a 12-year-old girl who's dead, and the dad wants Jesus to come and try to bring her back to life. Jesus is on his way to bring a dead girl back to life, and on the way, a woman who's been bleeding and sick for 12 years comes up, touches Jesus' robe, and just a touch of his robe, this power goes out of Jesus that is able to heal her and set her right, and then he goes and he raises the dead. Then Jesus ends up healing more, uh, two men who were blind and a guy who was mute. So in chapter eight and nine, you have nine different stories where Jesus declares power over something. With the touch of his hand, he can make things right. With the word of his mouth, he can make things right. He can set nature right. He can calm the storms. He can drive out evil. So you read chapter eight and nine, and what does Jesus not have power over? And this is what we're worshiping God for today. That with the word of God's mouth, God can set things right. With the touch of his hand, God can set things right. God can calm the storms. God can drive out evil. And and sometimes we may be wondering, God, are you doing anything right now? And maybe God is working miracles right now in ways that we will not know until the other side of eternity. But this is God we worship. Chapter 5 through 7, Jesus is a great teacher. Chapter 8 and 9, Jesus demonstrates what he teaches. He has power over everything, Lord over everything. So here in just a little while, what I want you to do is to share. If you're by yourself, you find somebody you're close to. If you're in a room with other people, I want you just to name some of the things that you are asking Jesus to have power over in your own life or in the world today. But I want you to see this first. Jesus goes from being the great teacher to the one who demonstrates to in chapter 10. And this is what we sometimes miss. Chapter 10, what happens is Jesus now asks his people, his disciples, his church to do the same thing. He empowers them and equips them to have power and authority over evil, to declare the wholeness of the kingdom of God over those who are sick and over anything that isn't made right. So Jesus goes from being the great teacher to the one who demonstrates to the one who asks his church and his people to do the same thing. And if we're not careful, what happens is we can make Christianity into Jesus being the great teacher, where Christianity becomes like a classroom where we study the Bible try to get the context of the bible and this stuff is really important but we may never move from jesus being the great teacher to believing jesus is still the one who is demonstrating the power of god and bringing the kingdom of god right here with us and sometimes we can make the move from jesus being the great teacher to jesus who has done and still does great things but we miss out on jesus giving us power and authority to do the same so we begin to admire jesus and not understand how jesus is equipped and has empowered the church to do the same this right now is a great opportunity for the church to be the church. A couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, Washington, D.C., and I was keynoting a conference with one of my closest friends, David Frace. David Frace preached here at Sycamore View back in December. Dave was my wife's Casey's youth minister uh, back in the mid-late 90s in a church in Lubbock. In 1999, on May 2nd of 1999, as a group of them, they had three different vehicles. As they were traveling back from a youth retreat, there was a bus wreck. My, my friend Dave was driving this bus. Casey usually sat on that bus on youth retreats. She had stayed behind to clean up some cabins, so she ended up getting on another bus. There was a bus wreck, and in a moment, six girls in Casey's youth group died. Uh, Dave had a cut on his head, but Dave and just patched it up because he knew he had to be present with people. So Dave and I were at this conference a couple of years ago, and we're speaking and we're sharing about suffering. And we did this breakout session on spiritual warfare. And we were sharing some of the grief in our own life. Grief from my sister, dying, grief we've walked in with people through ministry. And Dave was sharing and has shared part of what that bus wreck was like and how he walked people through it and how that formed, how he thinks about God up to this day. There was a girl on the This was in Washington, D.C., a girl on the second row. This bus wreck happened in New Mexico on their way back to Lubbock. A girl on the second row. And her eyes lit up. And afterwards she came and she said, I can't believe it. She said, I was at one of those two churches in New Mexico that whenever that bus wreck happened and they had to regroup. So they had to regroup at two different small churches. And this is back in 1999 before everybody had a cell phone and you could just shoot out a text or an email to everybody, hey, there's been a bus wreck. There's a group that's coming to our church to regroup before they head back to Lubbock. And this girl received a call. So she was part of the group that welcomed my wife and some people in that youth group into that church they went and bought toothbrushes and hair brushes and they had food and they had water and this girl said she was about 15 16 years old at the time and she just sat there and she just held these these girls from casey's youth group maybe she held casey i don't know girls who had blood all over them and she said i just remember holding people and just brushing their hair And we hear stories like that of when the church was the church. And just the last few days, what I've received from Sycamore View are people who have called me and they've texted me and they've reached out and they're like, Josh, we're, we're praying, but is, what can we do? We hear Shelby County schools and schools are being shut down and we know there are a lot of kids who, they rely on schools for breakfast and they rely on schools for lunch. What can we do to feed kids? And what, what are the needs? Or how are people suffering? What can we do? And, and it's just, it doesn't surprise me at all to see Sycamore View rise up and for the church to be the church because nothing can keep the mission of God from moving forward. We may cancel a lot of things, but the mission of God isn't put on pause. The mission of God continues. And God is the one asking us, just as Jesus demonstrated the power of the kingdom, we have opportunities right now to demonstrate the power of the kingdom and the power of our commitment to Jesus. So here are seven ways I want to equip you in the days to come. So we think this may be a couple of weeks this could be a few weeks that we're we're having to do something like this here's seven ways i want to equip us number one we're going to provide a live stream every sunday at 10 15 and we're going to communicate this and we're also working on some weekly offerings some things we can do throughout the week to stay connected to you over live stream or video so just know we're going to be com- communicating with you about that the second thing is weekly videos i just told you that as part of the first it's actually part of the second that we're thinking of ways to try to communicate with you over live stream, Facebook Live. So we're going to do everything we can to communicate you in those, with you in those ways. Number three is this. We're so thankful to God that about six months ago, we launched new shepherding groups. So if you are a member of Sycamore View, you, by now you should know who your personal shepherd is, a shepherd who is praying over you and your family and is available for you, whatever it is you need in life. They're in the process right now of reaching out to all of you and, and opening up wider opening up uh, more wide avenues of communication of any way they can tend to you you and your family in this time number four is i've encouraged life group leaders bible class teachers ministries of the church discipleship groups that take advantage of zoom and or like google hangouts if you aren't familiar with them, it's pretty easy. Just Google about them. Google Google Hangouts or Zoom, and it's a great way to have some in-person face-to or not in-person, but face-to-face connection with people over your phone or over a computer, where you can actually have conversations and stay connected. Number five, back in November, we launched a Right Now Media, so every member of Sycamore View Church has access to Right Now Media, where thousands of videos are made available to you from church leaders preachers pastors video content bible studies and you know, it'd be great for life groups bible classes discipleship groups families find some videos that work for you and share them with other people in the church of how you're being edified in this time number six please just know that we're going to lean on the side right now of overly communicating with you so there are going to be emails There's going to be social media, uh, things we do over social media. So read them, pay attention to them, share them the best you can. And number seven is we're asking for you to please keep up your commitment to giving. It's pretty easy. Justin's made it very easy on our website. And right now on this live stream, there's a donate button right, right there where you're watching where you can donate and continue your commitment. In the church, we don't keep a large... We don't keep thousands of dollars or millions of dollars in a savings account for for disaster, things like this. So we're, we're relying on your commitment to give. So right now, what I want to ask is for about 90 seconds to two minutes, I want to ask you just to go into a time of prayer where you are, by yourself, or if you're in a group, in a group. And I want you just to take time just to name the things that we are asking God to have power over. It could be in our own lives. It could be around the world. So just offer up a word or a phrase. You can share this with each other, whoever's there. Just take time, just offer up for about 90 seconds. Let's just offer up. God, you've been powerful over things in the past, and here's what we're asking you to declare your power over now. So let's pray together. few few more moments in prayer God we're asking right now for your kingdom to come right here on earth as it is in heaven in the name of Jesus we pray
3: Good morning, welcoming everyone who is joining us online. We come now to a time of reflection and a tradition that Jesus himself started, a tradition of taking the bread and the cup. You know, things may change, but as Josh has pointed out, the mission of the church and God's faithfulness never does. I know that many of you out there are, have thought about, wow, what do I use for the bread in the cup? It doesn't matter at this point. Our God is full of grace. He is full of mercy. He doesn't look on the outside, but looks on the inside. And it's not what goes in, as Jesus said, but it's what comes out. So feel free to join us with whatever way, in whatever way you can. As we prepare at this time, I'm reminded of the song, There Is Not a Friend Like Jesus. Because one of the lines goes, Jesus knows all about our troubles, our struggles. He will guide until the day is done. No one else could heal our soul's diseases. No, not one. Jesus knows about pain. He knows about separation. He was there when the world he created was separated from perfection. Despite his position and his power, he came to earth and humbled himself as a man to to God and ultimately to painfully die on a cross. For our sins. He willingly separated himself from his power and his glory for our sake. Now, in an imperfect world, a world that is oftentimes full of chaos, uncertainty, and yes, even at times panic, God continues to stand with his arms open wide, welcoming us and at times even running toward us when we show that we want to be in a relationship with him. He does this because of his love, his mercy, his grace, and his forgiveness so that we might be restored and be reconciled, not through what we do, but through what he does. At the Last Supper, Jesus broke the bread and he passed the cup the cup of redemption and said to do this to remember him while we are separated and until we are together again so as we get ready to pray for the cup for the bread and for the cup I'd ask that you prepare to join me wherever you are so that we can honor and remember our Lord together. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you that you are God, that you are faithful, and that your Son came to this world. Father, he knew pain, he knew separation, he knew the struggles. He was in every way tempted and lived as we live. But he lived a perfect life and gave himself on the cross for us. Father, it is not because of that alone that we remember. We remember his guidance, his teaching. And Father, he helps us to remember just as importantly that you are on the throne and that the tomb is empty. As we take this bread and at this, take this cup, we ask that you would help us to never forget that our allegiance is to him and that our purpose is the purpose of your mission and the mission of the church. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'll take a few moments so that you can partake of the elements wherever you are in any way that you can.
4: Thank you so much, Randy. If we were in person during this time, we would uh, participate in an offering. And as Josh has already mentioned, we invite you uh, to give online. There's a donate button on our live stream. You can also go through the F1Go app to donate. And we are, uh, if, if you're paying attention to what's going on, um, as usual, uh, crises will hit those who are most vulnerable. And we're not only a church that have lots of people uh, who uh, would be more vulnerable, um, but we are also connected to many, many uh, communities, our Sycamore View community, our adopted schools, our strategic partners uh, that try to stand in the gap uh, between those who have and those who have not. And so this is really a season where we need to, even though some of our revenue streams and income sources might be uncertain. It's a time for us to show faith that we trust that God has this and that the mission of God is not canceled, as Josh said. So we encourage you to, uh, to make an offering and to uh, be a cheerful giver this morning. Uh, normally at this time I'd come up here and say, my name is Jim Hinkle, I'm one of the ministers here, and I would say good morning to the church, but I won't, I won't hear you when you talk back to me. So, uh, But we are really excited about some of the things we have to share with you. Uh, normally, we would go through lots of calendar events, but right now, all of our calendar events are on hold, and uh, we are holding on to them loosely. So just stay uh, on the app, stay on our online bulletin, follow us on social media to stay up to date with what's going on. We do have a few things that we do know and that we are really excited about, though. Uh, We want to welcome some new members to our family. Got to put my reading glasses on here. Uh, We want to uh, welcome Erica and Armani Fleming. And Erica is uh, awesome. She has a nine year old daughter who's personality plus. They've recently come to Sycamore View. Erica told me that her car just pulled into Sycamore View one day and that God knew what he was doing, bringing her to a family that could love her, meet her where she's at. Erica and Armani live in the Sycamore View neighborhood, and Patrick Parson is their shepherd. We also want to welcome to the family Jennifer Kilsner Johnson and her two children, Victor and Casey. They've been at Sycamore View for about a year, but Jennifer first connected to our family through the clothing sale. She also worked with with Randy Fowler, who kept telling her about his incredible church family. Jennifer and her family live in Bartlett, and Randy Frederick is their shepherd. We also rejoice this week with uh, the news that David Marrero, one of uh, our young men here in this church, was baptized into Christ, so we celebrate with David, his brother, sister, mom, dad and uh, exciting exciting stuff so fawn and i are so excited to make this announcement together our, our youth, youth minister, minister search, search is, is over, over. <laughs> social distance high five
2: and can you feel the collective eye roll happening from homes all around
4: i can i can
2: we have invited Logan Thompson to join the Sycamore View staff to serve as our newest youth minister. Logan is originally from East Tennessee. He went to Harding University and he recently finished his, miss, his, his, his Master of Divinity. And he has been a youth minister um, for the last four years in Beebe, Arkansas. Logan is married to Marin and she's a physical therapist for all of those injuries that we always have throughout the year. And they make an incredible team, so we're so glad that God led us to them.
4: We really believe that Logan is the right person for this role for many reasons, including his deep love for teens, a heart that is fully seeking the Lord, a desire to be a part of a team ministry like we've got at Sycamore View, and a mind that is constantly thinking about new ways to help young people develop their own faith. Logan and Marin will be at Sycamore View to meet everyone April 19th, and they'll be here full-time in early May.
2: (sighs) That feels nice hearing you say that. As a reminder, the new addition to our ministry staff was set into motion when our church leaders asked Jim to consider moving into the role of executive minister. Executive minister role is all about empowering and equipping our church to grow in their faith and create clear pathways for discipleship and we know and that jim is going to be great at this role. very excited about that
4: thank you i will definitely miss the youth ministry role it's been such an honor to have teens share their lives with me over the past 25 years 15 of which are here at sycamore view However, I know that this new role is where I'm supposed to be doing. It's what I'm supposed to be doing with this next season of my life. I also know that the youth ministry is going to be in great hands as Fawn and Logan work as a team. Both of them have tremendous gifts and incredible hearts for the Lord. And I look forward to our youth ministry and our church continuing to become more like Jesus. So please pray for all these transitions. Pray for Logan and Marin as they make a move. Pray for the BB Church as they mourn the loss of some people they love. Pray for Fawn as she welcomes her new teammate and helps Logan get acclimated to the Sycamore View Youth Group. And pray for me as I transition out of youth ministry over the next few months and assume the executive minister role. And finally, uh, I just ask you to say a prayer of gratitude for our youth ministry search team Randy Frederick, Rachel Galbraith, Justin and Ashley Foreman, Stacy Hinkle. Chris and Lenora Meyer and Patrick and Chauncey Parson. These folks have put in so much time and energy and emotion into this search over the past year, and I'm so grateful that uh, our search has come to a point where we really do feel like God has answered our prayers. So, exciting, exciting Very exciting, and this
2: is his picture. Can you see it at home?
4: There you go. Okay, that was Nice.
2: Are you Zooming oh, we're in? Zooming in. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is not a good idea. I'm going right. to
0: turn i welcome off. Josh <laughs> back to the stage. <laughs> it will be on social media, I think, later today, and sometimes soon you'll see pictures. Yeah. Darren, go ahead and come join me, man. Um, we, we're moving forward as if we will have a few things happening here uh, in, in April. Um, before I do that, I just want to invite you where you are, if you're willing to take a picture and either share that on social media or shoot a picture of where you were gathered, write an email it to Justin R just so we can see how the Sycamore View Church is spread out in a lot of locations today. So Casey, Truet Noah, take a pic Truett, Noah, put on shirts, because I know you haven't got dressed yet today. Take a picture. Hey, we're moving forward as if Easter Sunday's gonna happen here on April twelfth. And that, that's Easter. We want you to invite people. And we also, um, we've, we've called that a baptism Sunday. So we're working up to that being a day where if you have never been baptized before and it's a decision you need to make in your life, we want you to take seriously what the next few weeks of preparation may look like for you. So reach out to, to a leader of this church, a minister, an elder, to your shepherd, if you're in a shepherding group, and we would love to help work you towards that decision. On April 19th, the Sunday after Easter, we plan on having a 9-on-1 offering. This is something we do every year to raise money for a few 9-on-1 efforts that we're connected to. And then April 26th, the Sunday after that, we're planning on having a Restore Day. So we're going to go serve the same organizations that we give to on April 19th. Today, I have Darren Ruddy, a good friend of mine, a member of this church, who's also now the what's your exact title at Soma? Get campus minister at SOMA we're so thrilled to have you in this role thrilled to have you on the stage today let's talk a little bit about SOMA sure you ready yeah and I loved a few weeks ago I went and I said Darren I want to come do lunch with you and I want to do lunch in your space take me on campus show me what you do and you did
5: it was a great day
0: share with us uh, just what's the mission of SOMA
5: sure sure SOMA is the Christian Student Center we're located at University of Memphis you don't have to be a University of Memphis student we welcome all those age within our doors so we have a alliteration all begin with s like Savior so it is to share spread and seek so we share the uh, kingdom living we spread the love of Jesus and we seek the truth of
0: God yeah but- Love it, man. And if you are not connected with Soma, jump online, check out their website. They do a a great job on there. But here's the one I want you to spend a little more time on. Share with us a story or two of how you've seen God working in and through Soma.
1: Excellent.
5: I have two two examples. One is a student that's already come through the ministry and one of a student that's currently in the ministry. So both of these are Sycamore View members, which is awesome. And so the first one, she came through the ministry. And her name is Morgan Sweeney. And so she came connected through someone through our free food. We offer free food on Mondays. Of course, that's on Hades right now. But that will continue. Sycamore View has generously volunteered and other churches that support us come and feed students for free. So we feed international students and others. Morgan Sweeney liked to eat. So she came around and she got some free food. She stuck around for the community, for the fellowship. She started studying the Bible. Crystal, our previous campus minister, baptized her. And she has continued in her walk with God and in the kingdom and is currently a member of Sycamore View. She volunteers in the nursery. She's part of the youth group volunteering. I think she went to Winterfest. She participates in the Grove. She just recently told me she joined a group, small group, heart group. And so we often say that an investment in Solomon is investment in the kingdom of Memphis. A lot of these right. people stick around and they continue to develop their faith. They join bodies of believers. We have a current student, Richard Springfield. He's a sophomore, also a member of Sigmore View. The last, last semester, I asked Todd Lane, a member here who's also a university member's professor, to mentor Richard. And he says it so much better than I do. So I'm going to read something. Hopefully, this will speak to your question. When speaking with Todd, I found a great confidant in whom I can share life struggles and its beauty that I encounter every day. I'm able to open my heart to him. This helps me to process all that God has offered through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. In times where hope seems so distant, God uses my mentor as a messenger of hope and light that reminds me that God is forever all-powerful and is true to his promises. Todd, having already experienced the life of a college student and a campus minister, prepares me for life and its obstacles through sharing wisdom and prayer. I thank God for giving me such a patient and kind mentor in whom I share life. The SOMA campus ministry has provided me with a place of refuge and an extended family through which God has blessed me and provided joy. This ministry has truly helped me as an individual seeking God and manifesting a deep love and intimacy for Christ through the nurturing and cultivation of the word into my heart. And I'll end with what Todd Lane says. Yeah. Richard is always eager to share life with me. He would talk about the struggles and the joys that come with being a college student. One of his joys is being part of SOMA. It's obvious that Soma has impacted his life in a positive way. It has provided friendship an opportunity to serve and lead other students. When I have conversations with Rashard, I often see myself. It was during my college days that my faith developed and lifelong friendships began. I often tell people that my days in college were probably my most important with regards to who I am today. I'm thankful for those years and I try to share that sentiment with Richard. Richard and I continue to text one another and continue to stop by my office for chats. I'm thankful for him and his love for the Lord. These three principles. We share kingdom life, we spread the love of Jesus, and we seek the truth of God.
0: I mean what I mean those three things right there are things you can be praying for over Darren and over this ministry. So thank you so much for sharing and Rashad, Rashad. 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 I heard him share that testimony at the banquet we had just a few yes. weeks ago. Fantastic, man. I love hearing everything God's doing. And on Restore Day on April 26th, we're we're still working on this opportunities that are offered to you to be a part of a group that partners with Soma to do some things on their campus. So just stay tuned and we're gonna continue to get some of those details to you. We are uh, Kip. We're going to sing a song as we head out, and you're you're welcome where you are. If you want to sing this song with us, if you just want the song to wash over you, that's great. Thank you for joining us today, and please stay connected to us. Any way we can pray for you and your family, any way we can minister to you, reach out to us, reach out to your shepherd, your elder, a minister. Uh, we are going to do our very best to stay connected in this time, because even though society and a lot of things are canceled, the mission of God. It's not canceled. So thank you for joining us today.
1: You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up, i be a fool. You are my all in all, ladies. Jesus, taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising again, I bless your name. You are my all all.